Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 241 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Sunday, February 19, 2012. On tonight's show, the press finally reporting that family docs are needed for America. Also, Congress passes another Band-Aid fix for Medicare until December 31st. Also, the AAFP multi-state meeting in Dallas, you may have seen it on Twitter, with the hashtag AAFPMS. Coming up, all that and more on episode 241 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, Dr. Glenn um, this year, one of my commitments and, and a great interest is to be more engaged with you as leaders, chapter leaders, uh, and, and our frontline membership. Uh, on, on Monday, a Twitter handle, uh, I'm privileged to be the first one to hold, uh, at AFP Prez, P-R-E-Z. I already have 29 followers. I feel so proud. Um, I have a long, long way to go to catch up to uh, our current student board member, Kevin Bernstein, who has a little over 1,000. Um, and our, uh, our king of family medicine social media, uh, Mike Sevilla, who has uh, nearly 7,000 uh, members. and social media. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Sunday, 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 February 19, 2012. I'm your host. My name is Mike Savella, family physician and family medicine and, and social media enthusiast. Six of the script, buddy. <laughs> what is this show about? This is uh, social media through the eyes of a family physician. I encourage you to check out the website, familymedicineandrocks.com, which I've been lame about and not updating. I'll talk about that during the course of this show. Also, a shout-out to all 8,436 people who follow me on Twitter. Why? I have no idea. Thank you so much for that. And also, shout-out to all 337 people who like the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Pam Med Rocks. Today is Sunday, February 19, 2012. Tomorrow is President's Day here in the United States. And uh, it is 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And it feels like 17 degrees Fahrenheit here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters. And how's your weekend been going there, kids? It's uh, been uh, decent weather here this weekend. It's been uh, warm for this time of year. It must be that global warming. <laughs> Just kidding. 
Hey, uh, random topics uh, tonight, and uh, I admit I've been a, a blogging slacker uh, over the past uh, few weeks. And uh, like I talked about last week, I really do think audio and video are the future of healthcare communication and social media. So what I'll try to do, if I have the time, is uh, I'll uh, – I'm trying to read my script here. <laughs> I'll try to take these uh, audio and video segments from this show and repackage them, package, and uh, place them on a website with some text commentary and masquerade them as blog posts. We'll see if I have time uh, to do that, and we'll see how that works out. Also, I have some random topics here tonight uh, talking about the press. Actually, the press talking about family medicine needed for healthcare in the United States. I'll talk about that. Also talk about Congress and their cowardly action <laughs> passing a short-term fix, not a long-term fix for the uh, Medicare payment crisis. And uh, also talk about the uh, latest American Academy of Family Physicians, the AAFP uh, multi-state forum in Dallas. It was all over Twitter. You may have not seen it. There is only a handful of people tweeting it out, but I... I will talk about that during the course of this show. Um, also, we're talking about um, some stuff going on at the hospital and also the previous hour of the uh, healthcare social media chat. Always interesting stuff. But first, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for having me be a featured host. Why, I have no idea, but thank you so much for that. I've been a social media hobbyist since 2005. And if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I am a family physician in full-time private practice, meaning I see patients five days a week in the hospital and in my office here in beautiful northeastern Ohio. Big shout-out to the people in our chat room. We have Dr. Synonymous, who has the uh, Dr. Synonymous show here on the uh, Blog Talk Radio Network on uh, Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Check that out. And also uh, J-Man from uh, the I'm With Stupid show, the uh, funniest show here on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, they're here uh, Saturday nights at, uh, I believe, 11 p.m. Eastern, and I, I think uh, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. So you can check out their show here on the uh, Blog Talk Radio Network. So check those guys out. And I'll take my break here, and uh, we will continue with the conversation here. Uh, actually, not a conversation, just me talking. <laughs> so you're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution the Google FM Revolution for more information. Also a member of the ProMed Network, a podcast you can get there by going to promednetwork.com. And we will be right back. Family Medicine's leading voice in social media in my own mind. 
This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast on a Sunday night here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. My name is Mike Sabella. Hey, uh, actually over the weekend here, the the press uh, actually talked about family medicine, primary care, and uh, why we are the anchor of health care here in the United States. I was up uh, watching the news uh, last night and uh, saw this uh, interesting story from the CBS Evening News. And the uh, title title of this, Family Care Doctors Are in High Demand. Why did they just say family practice doctors, family medicine doctors? Why did they say family care doctors? I have no idea. Here's this uh, short report from the CBS Evening News from Saturday February 19, 2012. The federal government this week awarded $9.1 million to medical students in 30 states and the District of Columbia. The recipients will serve as primary care doctors. As Whit Johnson reports, fewer and fewer medical students can afford to become family doctors at a time of growing need. With a looming shortage of family doctors, medical students like Sade Aluadeidi are in high demand. It's very gratifying, I have to say. In her fourth year at Howard University's medical school, Aluadeidi says she's committed to becoming a primary care physician. I really love the fact that with primary care, your focus is on the whole patient. But she's among only one in five medical students opting for primary over specialty care students critical for the success of President Obama's Affordable Care Act. Under the law, 32 million people without insurance are supposed to be covered by 2014. Combine that with 78 million aging baby boomers, and there just won't be enough doctors to go around. Dr. Matthew Mintz of George Washington University School of Medicine. The details about how we're going to provide care for those individuals, as well as improve the care of everybody else, is not really explicitly spelled out in the Affordable Care Act. Projections show the supply for physicians will fall short by 91,000 in just eight years. That's because, says Dr. Mintz, it all comes down to pay. When you're coming out with $160,000 to $200,000 in debt, you know, how much you're going to make as a doctor is really important. Students in family medicine can expect to earn, on average, less than $210,000 per year half of what a specialist would make in a more lucrative field. And that carries a stigma for those considering primary care, says medical student Seth Rosenblatt. A lot of students don't see them as kind of the most respected doctors just because they are not as well paid. Um, So a lot of people are hesitant to go into the field because of that stereotype. My hope is just to be the very best primary care physician that I can be and see where that takes me. And through incentives and scholarships, Some announced just this week, the White House is hoping others will choose the same path. Whit Johnson, CBS News, Washington. So there you go, kids. Hey, you know, know, family dogs are going to be the the backbone of health care in this country. And you know, I have to tell you, that report saying that family dogs on average make less than $200,000 a year, let me tell you, uh, that must be definitely regionally dependent because I don't come close to that. <laughs> or maybe, maybe I need people to uh, negotiate my contract for me. <laughs> because, 
I'm like, really? People make that much? I'm like, oh, man, come on. Not that I'm whining. No, I'm not whining. But, you know, it is it is a real concern that has been brought up in the past, especially, you know, going all the way back to the last century when I was a medical student. That's right. When it comes to medical student debt in addition to your college debt, and like, hey, you know, you're going to make this amount. When you're a specialist, you're going to make this amount. When you're a primary care doctor, you do the math. And also they bring up this whole thing about prestige. You know, prestige is tied tied to, you know, pay and how much, all that kind of stuff. You know, all that is, you know, that is, that is, that are things that I hear from medical students when they come to my office. You know, that is not anything that is really measurable. Um, you know, that's just kind of a lot of rumor out there when people talk about that stuff. So, so it's real. It's real. I'm glad that they're, uh, you know, addressing that and bringing that stuff up. Um, our good friend, uh, Dr. Glenn Stream from the uh, president of the American Academy of Family Physicians put on his uh, AAFP president Facebook page today. He said uh, this, excellent segment on CBS Evening News regarding primary care physician shortage. The producer made contact with AAFP about having the AAFP president interviewed. They ultimately decided to interview medical students who did an excellent job of telling their stories to discuss the issues. Thank you to CBS News for their interest in increasing public knowledge of the issues of family medicine. I did appreciate that they talked to medical students, but there was a doctor in there. Who that was, I have no idea. Um, but he still had some interesting stuff as well. And you also may remember, I've talked about on this show before, uh, Andy Rooney from the 60 Minutes program from November 11, 2010, also had a commentary about family doctors. Here is his short commentary. There's a lot in the newspapers these days about health care reform, but I think they ought to be more specific and talk about something we all need. One all-purpose doctor. There's just no doubt we have an acute shortage of what we used to call family physicians. We need more medical schools that graduate doctors who specialize in everything and nothing. The whole body, not just one part of it. The practice of medicine has become too specialized, I think. Several years ago, I had surgery on my right wrist. The doctor was very good. Two years later, my left hand started to hurt. So I went back to the doctor, but I found out he only worked on right wrists. I mean, you talk about specializing. We all need a doctor who'd give us a complete physical checkup for everything. Kidney stones, cancer, lung problems, eyesight, even our hearing. They're all part of our one body. A good friend of mine whose wife had a hip replacement was having trouble with a knee he hurt years ago, and he decided he might need a knee replacement. I asked if he was going to his wife's orthopedic surgeon. No, my friend said, in a way that suggested I was dumb for asking. He doesn't do knees. Well, pardon me. Well, there you go. And, you know, I think the education of the American public still has to continue on what family doctors actually do. I mean, I know it's dependent upon your region and upon the practice, but I, you know, I ran into a couple of patients this week in my own practice, in our own office, in our own community, saying, hey, I didn't know that you see kids. I didn't know that you see newborns. I said, sure we do. Uh, be happy to see, you know, see your child, see your newborn. 
um, you know, um, keep us in mind. You know, we're you know, we take care of the whole family here, and I think that is part of what needs to happen. I probably I should be doing more of that on my blog, more of that on this podcast, on this show, as far as defining and redefining. You know what family doctors are. You know, we are not just you know people that just refer people to specialists. You know, we care for patients. We we take care of continuity of care. We take care of of people from you know cradle to grave. You know that that essential you know buzz phrase. You know that uh, that is used also in in, in family medicine circles. Uh, but I think the education of that needs to continue, even in my own town, even in my own hospital, even with my own patients. I have to continue with the education and saying, hey, what is our scope of practice? What do we do in the office? Yes, our practice, we go to the hospital, we go to nursing homes, you know, we see newborns, we see patients in the intensive care units, we do, you know, some procedures in our office, you know, we do, you know, some testing in our office, you don't have to go to the hospital, you know, those are things that we have to continue to educate the public about. You know, because, you know, we are the doctors that, you know, patients should think of first, you know, for their medical needs. So I I appreciate, you know, the press, you know, covering that. And I hope to cover more of those type of stories here on the show and on the blog, you know, to continue the education of the American public on family medicine. Let me uh, take a quick break here. And uh, after the break, I'll talk about Congress. Yes, they chickened out this week, again, giving a short-term Band-Aid fix to the uh, Medicare payment plan, the Sustainable Growth Rate, or SGR, or Doc Fix, or whatever you want to talk about. We'll talk about uh, what the professional organizations had to say on this fix here uh, coming up. Right after this, my name is Mike Savella. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast on a Sunday night here on the Block Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back. Social media through the eyes of a family physician. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast on a Sunday night here on the Block Talk Radio Network. My name is Mike Sabella. So uh, last week, you know, Congress, you know, debated, didn't get a lot of press because there wasn't a lot of controversy about it. You may remember at the end of December 2011, there was this huge thing at the end of the calendar year, you know, talking about, you know, passing uh, this thing, you know, and, and, and the big thing that made the mainstream press are a payroll tax cut and all that kind of stuff. But what's buried a little bit in the legislation, as usually what happens with other types of legislation, are having to do with Medicare, you know, Medicare payment, Medicare payment for physicians. Um, and, you know, the code words are sustainable growth rate and also doc fix, SGR, that type of thing. And uh, what happened this week? 
which did not get a lot of press because there wasn't a lot of controversy, was that the uh, U.S. Congress passed legislation uh, to um, uh, prevent the 27.4% Medicare payment cut that was due on February 29, 2012, at the end of this month. So uh, Congress can say, hey, you know, we didn't, uh, you know, cut your, we didn't cut your, uh, we didn't cut your payments. That means you got an increase in in, uh, in payments. That's how Congress works because they're idiots. Uh, so the uh, American Academy of Family Physicians put out a press release uh, uh, last week uh, on their uh, website, AEFP.org. It's titled, AEFP Denounces, Denounces Congress for Failing to Repeal Crippling SGR formula. This is from February 2017. The AFP has assailed Congress. They they brought up the uh, thesaurus for this kids for failing to approve a long-term Medicare physician payment solution and opting instead to settle for another short-term payment patch. Glenn Stream said this. Uh, Congress has missed an op- important opportunity to permanently solve the Medicare physician payment crisis ensure health security for elderly and disabled Americans and enable physicians to develop the long-term plans needed to redesign their practices into patient-centered medical homes. On uh, February 17, both the House and Senate passed H.R. 3630, uh, which provides a 10-month extension to the current Medicare physician payment rate. Great. Lovely. Passage of the measure... Uh, which also address tax relief and unemployment benefits, essentially blocks a 27.4% Medicare uh, payment reduction that was scheduled to take effect on March 1st as a result of the Sustainable Growth Rate, or SGR formula, because HR 3630 postpones but does not eliminate the uh, threat posted to SGR, the physicians will will face a 32% Medicare payment Reduction when the payment patch uh, expires at the end of this year. So it just, it just continues to keep going up. At uh, December 31st, it will be a 32% uh, Medicare payment reduction. So that's going to be fun at the end of the year, but it will be a lame duck session of Congress. So they'll probably pass something that will go on for another year. The American uh, Medical Association also uh voiced their displeasure with Congress with a press release from February 15th uh, titled AMA Statement on 10-Month Delay of Medicare Physician Payment Cuts. This is from uh, Peter W. Carmel, MD, president of the American Medical Association. He says, the House and Senate Conference Committee uh, agreement averts a 27% cut on March 1st, but it represents a serious Uh, missed opportunity to permanently replace the flawed Medicare physician payment formula uh, and protect access to care for military uh, families and seniors. People outside of Washington question the logic of spending nearly $20 billion to postpone one cut for a higher cut next year while increasing the cost of permanent solution by about another $25 billion. Congress had an opportunity to permanently end this problem, which is the sound, fiscally prudent uh, policy choice. 
We appreciate efforts by members of Congress on both sides of the aisle who publicly supported a framework for the permanent end to this perennial problem. We are deeply disappointed that Congress chose to do another patch, kicking the can down the road. I love that phrase. Growing the problem and missing a clear opportunity to access access the care for patients. Shortly after the coming elections, access to care for seniors and military will again be threatened by an even larger cut, and members of Congress will need to take swift action to end the broken formula. This is from our friends at the American Medical Association. And also the American Academy of Family Physicians on their AAFP Leader Voices blog had a post from February uh, Friday, February 17, entitled a Medicare Payment Key Issue in Latest Round of Meetings with Congress and CMS. I encourage people to check out the AAFP Leader Voices uh, blog. You can get there by going to blogs.aafp.org slash CFR slash Leader Voices, which is probably the worst URL, <laughs> most confusing URL <laughs> out there. Hey, AAFP, how about this? Why don't you just uh, have it say uh, leader.aafp.org. That's just my little uh, social media tip uh, for the week for you guys. Uh, So Congress, again, passes a Band-Aid fix that will last 10 months. And then uh, in December, right before Christmas, right when the world is going to end, uh, that's when uh, they will discuss again a 32% payment cut for physicians. Isn't that so exciting? (laughs) I can't wait. Bring on the election. (laughs) Oh, kids, what are we going to do with that? Okay, let me uh, me take another break here. And uh, next topic, uh, we'll still be on the American Academy of Family Physicians. They had a... uh, Big powwow in the city of Dallas, Texas. Uh, their AEFP multi-state forum in Dallas, Texas, February 18 and 19. Use a, uh, a hashtag. They discuss a lot of interesting stuff, and uh, we'll talk about that right after this. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast on the Sunday night here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. My name is Mike Savella, and we will be right back. The unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution is Google FM Revolution for more details. So let's uh, talk about this meeting in Dallas these uh, past couple of days. It gives you huge amounts of uh, educational credits, (laughs) 5.50 prescribed credits. That is huge. Yeah, great. Very interesting. So the official title of this deal is uh, the Multi-State Forum 2012 of the American Academy of Family Physicians. It was uh, put on by the uh, Arkansas Academy, it looks like here. And uh, the learning objective is the following. The learning objectives for the multi-state forum are for participants to discuss current topics of interest in their family medicine practices, such as the uh, patient-centered medical home, 
and legislative issues and discuss changes to Medicare and how these changes affect their practices. And there's some uh, pretty good tweeting going on out there. appreciate uh, all the tweeting out there by uh, people like uh, Kevin Bernstein and uh, Russell Cole and uh, Robert Working, who I believe is on the board of directors, and uh, Deb Clements and um, Troy Flessinger uh, from Texas. And uh, so uh, good job out there, kids. And uh, some of the things that they were tweeting about, uh, they were talking about some legislative issues. Uh, they were talking about uh, some states' highlights on what they're doing. For example, uh, talking about some new websites, especially for the uh, Arkansas chapter, ArkansasAFP.org. So that's cool. Uh, let's see what else. What else do I have here? Uh, they're talking about the American Board of Family Medicine and the changes that are going on when it comes to uh, uh, board certification. So uh, Deb Clements uh, tweeted out to read every word uh, of everything that the American Board of Family Medicine sends you. Changes are underway. You may hear only once. And it says uh, the board chair, or Roland Gertz, uh, gives a shout-out to the uh, AEFP president, Glenn Stream, for his commitment to social media. And Troy Plessinger uh, writes, uh, most of the goals of the Future Family Medicine Project have been achieved. You've come a long way in 10 years. And if you want to uh, read uh, more about it, just go to your Twitter and uh, switch, uh, search the hashtag AAFPMS. And you can also find it by uh, the hashtag FMRevolution. So it's cool that uh, people are tweeting out during these meetings. Shout out to uh, Russell Cole, who took it upon himself to uh, establish the uh, hashtag AAFPMS. And uh, good job there, uh, Dr. Cole. And hopefully with uh, more AAFP meetings, people are going to be tweeting out, sharing some information. Uh, But definitely kudos to that meeting. Kudos to the people tweeting out for that meeting. And uh, hopefully people, uh, as, uh, as time uh, goes along here, we'll, uh, we'll be tweeting out. So uh, recently uh, on the last show, I believe, I talked about the, uh, the winter uh, cluster committee meetings. Uh, I think that's a hashtag was AEFPWC, and uh, it's a different crowd of people, uh, a little bit different. There are some similar people, but a different crowd of people tweeting out uh, during that meeting. So I'm really, uh, really happy that the uh, Family Medicine Establishment meaning the AAFP, um, is uh, using social media, they're using Twitter, they're using Facebook, they're using updates, or they're taking pictures. I didn't see any pictures from this weekend, but I did see pictures from the uh, committee meetings um, earlier this month, uh, So, which is very cool. And uh, I'm happy to be uh, talking um, at their May meeting uh, coming up, uh, their, their May uh, advocacy uh, meeting, talk about family medicine and legislative issues and um, being advocates for our patients, being advocates uh, for uh, family medicine. So that'll be uh, fun as well. So I'll be curious to see because I, I didn't know that this meeting was going on this weekend. So I appreciate people uh, putting it on the Twitter out there. And uh, hopefully uh, as other national and regional meetings uh, go on, uh, people will be able to tweet out and share what's going on at that meeting. So we can all be a part of it. We can all be part of the conversation. We can feel like that we're there being part of the uh, uh, family medicine revolution. 
<laughs> uh, so I'll take another break here. And uh, last couple topics here. We'll talk about uh, tonight's uh, healthcare social media chat and uh, an interesting question that come up. And uh, also uh, something about our little hospital here um, in Salem, Ohio. I'm talking about uh, like other hospitals are going on as uh, it's a, uh, uh, a modernization, computerization, uh, electronic health records, electronic medical records. So those will be the last two topics of the evening, but they will be right after this break here. You're listening to the Fan Medicine Rocks podcast right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network on a Sunday night here. My name is Mike Savella, and we will be right back. Medicine Rocks podcast on a Sunday night here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. My name is Mike Savella. So we'll talk about the, what happened in the last hour here. The most popular healthcare-related Twitter chat going on, I believe. The healthcare social media chat moderated by our good friend uh, Dana Lewis uh, from Seattle, um, who has been traveling the last uh, few weeks. It's been uh, fun seeing her pictures where she's at and her commentary, um, and also moderating tonight's chat. And uh, one of the uh, questions that came up uh, during the chat uh, had to do with patient privacy. And once people start talking about patient privacy, people uh, <clears throat> talk about uh, HIPAA, which is the uh, Privacy Act. And uh, just to let people know, HIPAA is spelled H-I-P-A-A. If you want to know what it is, go to Wikipedia. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, but what uh, one of the questions was, you know, once you talk about patient privacy, people talk about this federal law, people talk about HIPAA, people talk about all this kind of stuff. But her question during tonight's chat was, stop complaining about HIPAA. I'm just quoting her tweet here. Consider, consider instead, how can we use social media to improve practices in healthcare? both online and in real life. And people, you know, <clears throat> gave a, a lot of good examples. You know, you can use, you know, things like blog posts. You can use, um, you know, uh, other types of education, you know, to instruct people, to teach people, uh, to warn people about uh, patient privacy. And uh, what, what I put out there was, you know, <laughs> why not, why not make a an interesting uh, and funny YouTube type video um, having to do with uh, patient privacy and uh, HIPAA? There, there there might be uh, some ones out there now, and uh, this is a problem with the live show. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you know, people may uh, be uh, familiar with the website called Extra Normal, uh, X-T-R-A-N-O-R-M-A-L uh, dot com. And uh, it's, a, it's a funny site where uh, people can make their own little, you know, cartoon-like videos uh, and uh, have people, you know, uh, give uh, commentary and uh, uh, a script. Uh, and uh, there's some very funny things on there on a variety of health-related topics. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if there was something already there having to do uh, with uh, patient privacy. But I put you know, out there on my tweet, I'm like, hey, you know, why don't you use humor? Why don't you use uh, a funny YouTube-type video? you know, to talk about patient privacy. For example, you know, if I was given a script, what would what would people want me to say about patient privacy? <laughs> you know, otherwise don't do it. Hi, I'm Mike Sabella. I'm here to talk to you about patient privacy. You know, don't talk about it in elevators. People know, people hear about, you know, more about uh, patient-related information while they're going up and down the elevators. Don't do that. You know, don't talk about things, you know, when you're in the lunchroom. Don't talk about things when you're, you know, walking up and down the halls because there are patients everywhere. There are patient families everywhere. Don't talk about it on uh, on Twitter. Don't talk about it on Facebook. You know, it, you know that's the, that type of thing. You know, maybe not that serious, you know. Maybe like, hi, I'm Mike Savilla. Hey, don't talk about patient privacy. Don't talk about, you know, you know, uh, patient, you know, information, you know, when you're going up and down the halls in the hospital, you know, or, you know, tweet it out, you know, or put it on Facebook. You know, here's some examples of what happens when you do that. You know, and I kind of joke about it, but, you know, this is important stuff, you know, and, and there are a lot of examples out there about, you know, you know, people compromising information. You know, security people like to say, oh, it's a privacy breach. It's a security breach. They like using that type of, uh, you know, scary type of language. You know, why do they do that? I have no idea. Uh, but, you know, you can use social media to teach pretty much anything. It's just, you know, you know who writes it, what's the approach that you do, and to make it fun and creative and engaging to the public and to the general, you know, public. So that is what I think that patients should do. You know, what can be done to talk about, you know, patient privacy uh, using social media. Now I have about six minutes left here, and uh, my last topic here is having to do, you know, with our little our little hospital here, a little hospital, you know, and uh, <laughs> uh, very much surprised uh, that uh, I was selected. <laughs> to help, you know, bring the hospital, well, not bring the hospital, bring the doctors along <laughs> to talk about, you know, electronic records in the hospital, electronic orders in the hospital. Our good friend, uh, Dr. Synonymous, is asking, you know, what, what system that we're on. You know, our, our vendor is called McKesson, um, and uh, our competitors out there are using Epic. Uh, it seems like the whole rest of the world is using Epic, uh, but <laughs> we're using McKesson. And uh, the vendors came by last week and this past week. We're starting to get to know them a little bit, and, and we're starting to uh, to convert the hospital uh, to what they call uh, computerized physician order entry or CPOE. 
and uh, this has to do uh, with federal law, uh, uh, basically the High Tech Act from 2009. Uh, doctors know the term meaningful use. Um, it has payment uh, implications of hospitals. You know, don't put in this uh, computerized physician order entry, electronic records. Uh, so we have started in the process of that. Um, and it's interesting, you know, being kind of, you know, a physician champion of this, uh, being part of the, the team that is going to try to bring this, you know, to fruition. Uh, it, it is definitely challenges. You know, I have this, 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 you know, this nebulous title called the uh, Clinical Informatics Physician Advisor. What does that mean? Um, <laughs> if there's a problem with IT having to do with physicians, uh, I get the call. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's very interesting. Uh, and uh, I may talk about it more on this show, you know, as things are going along, uh, may write about it a little bit, uh, but it's interesting trying, uh, you know, to make the case for it uh, to say, Hey, you know, uh, this is, you know, this is why we have to do it basically you know, because the feds are making us do it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but hey, you know, what, what's, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, you know, it's interesting in my mind, you know, thinking about, you know, building, you know, the, this programming, these orders, um, you know, making the case, the communications plan, the build plan, um, you know, trying to get as much uh, input you know, from the doctors, from the physicians, from the providers, uh, and, and to see, you know, what is going to happen. Um, we plan to go live, you know, with this computerized physician order entry in 12 months. And uh, so there's going to be a lot, of, a lot, a lot of meetings um, and trying to get, you know, people to buy into this thing. It's going to be a very interesting process. And Dr. Synonymous in the chat room has already given me, you know, a lot of, warnings about this <laughs> telling me to be careful uh you know be careful where i park in the hospital uh because uh, people may do bad things in my car uh but <laughs> we'll have to see uh what happens with this so i may have some commentary about this uh throughout the next 12 months so it should be a, a very very interesting process um so that's uh, that's all I have here uh, this evening. I think I want to thank everybody uh, for uh, for joining me on the show here uh, this evening, listening in. Um, I'm going to try to put these video segments, you know, on my blog as blog posts. We're going to kind of see because with my time, it's very difficult for me for me to write these days, and uh, that definitely keeps me out of the upper echelon of healthcare or social media because I'm not getting. Uh, any or a lot of content um, out there. <laughs> so, so I'm going to try to keep myself relevant in the uh, healthcare uh, social media space, and uh, but uh, we'll, we'll try to keep things uh, fresh and uh, refreshed on the Family Medicine Rocks blog. I encourage you to check it out at familymedicinerocks.com. Also follow me on Twitter at Dr. Mike Savella, uh, and also like, give us a big like, on the uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash famedrocks. So I have less than two minutes left. Thank you all for joining me. I want to thank uh, Dr. Synonymous again and also our good friend Jay uh, from the I'm With Stupid Show for listening in 
live here uh, this evening. And uh, check me out at familymedicinerocks.com. My name is uh, Mike Sabella, and uh, we will say good night from northeastern Ohio. Have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you all very soon. Bye.